chapter 1 tonight, Colossians chapter 1. So, you know, I was always sort of this uh, young entrepreneur. I was a young entrepreneur before I ever knew the word entrepreneur. I would have just said I was a hustler. Um, I didn't even know that that had negative connotations. I just trying to figure out things to do. I had this mid-90s. Now, pre-internet, it's going to be hard for y'all to imagine this, pre-internet, pre-mobile phone, but, uh, you know, you can go online right now, and it's in a few moments, you can set up multiple phone numbers, you can order um, uh, some business cards, and, uh, you know, in no, in no time at all, you can come across like you're a company with a bunch of offices, but when I tried to pull this trick off, you couldn't get business cards. I had to order them. Not working, Shannon? All right, I'm going to go to this one. Praise God. I know y'all can hear me. We're trying to suit the folks on, online, too. Make sure everybody can get my... <clears throat> I'm the kind of guy that's got a face for radio, but I got a voice for about anything. Um, so anyway, I went to the store, and I ordered a bunch of business cards. And uh, I put a business name on it, and I put my name, and it said, Owner CEO. Doesn't that sound cool? Yeah. And uh, I put a phone number on there, and on the back of the business card, I had printed, like, uh, bidding, engineering. I had all these titles, and by each one of those, I had, uh, I had put a different telephone number. And what my plan was is I was going to go up to the phone store and get a pager. Now, I know some of you young people don't even know what I'm talking about. We used to get these little, little boxes you know, it used to be hot if you get a page in there, I'm telling you. You get, a, you get a little box, and you would clip it on your belt. Or I used to see women sometimes would carry them on their pocketbook straps, and somebody would call you, and they would punch their number in, and you'd get this, this little box would vibrate a beep, and you'd look at I mean, you look so cool you get a page. You really would. you just take that thing off and go, oh, excuse me, I've got to make a call. I had one pager that I owned, and I had one pager that belonged to the company I was working for, so I already wore two. My idea was I would get a pager for every one of these titles, so when I handed people my business card, they would think, wow, this, this is a working company here. They've got, they've got office people. They've got engineers. They've got people who just do their bids. This is a big company, and the truth was it was just me. But it fell apart, it fell apart because I never could get myself together to get all those pagers. That was my plan. I wanted like seven pagers, and I was just going to wear them around, look like Batman, you know, have them all around my waist. And back then, I could still see things around my waist. Um, that wasn't supposed to be funny, thanks. And, uh, but it, it just, it, you know, it didn't pan out. And not too long ago, we were cleaning out one of the sheds, and I, and I was so hoping I would find one of these cards, because I wanted it for the illustration. And... I think I might have, in a guilty moment or a sad moment, threw them all away, right? But the sad thing about it was, is no matter who you would have, what number you would have dialed, you, you would have gotten me. It was just me. <laughs> who else was in this company? It was me. I was the welder, the fitter, the engineer, the bidder, the office guy, the CEO. Sometimes, sometimes pastors sound like that kind of charlatan to people. We do. Because we say, it, it, tends, it tends to go like this. You're going through financial problems, we say, hey, man, you should get with Jesus on that. You got emotional distress, get with Jesus. You're not sure of your salvation, 
You need to get with Jesus. It seems like what we're saying is no matter what you're encountering, we're leading you back. You know, we might give you a different number, but it all winds up in Jesus' office. Why? Because unlike a silly country boy who's trying to start a business, that really is God's answer. God's answer is Christ. Whatever you're facing, that's the answer. Because God will not just answer your questions, your problems, your pains in the short term. He wants to answer them forever. He wants to answer them all the way to the throne and all the way throughout eternity. You see that? He wants to take you right into his office, and he wants to carry you forever. And so unlike a charlatan, the answer is really always Jesus. And no matter what you're facing, the answer is Jesus. Why? Because Jesus gives us access to everything that's in the Father's care. Everything's been bequeathed to Jesus. And so if you want to get at anything that's, that's the Father's, you got to come to him through Jesus. And what Colossians addresses is that Jesus is the highest thought we could ever think, and he's the greatest, he's the greatest thing we could ever love. And what we need to do is to grow up. And that, that's sort of a tough way to say that. Feels confrontational. Katie, you just need to grow up. Um, Jake, guess what? You just need to grow up. Michael, take a guess what I'm going to say. You just got to grow up. Jeff, take a guess. Got to grow up. And what had happened was that these believers had gotten in the family and it was time to grow up. It was time to grow up. And it wasn't just a snap of the finger. So our main idea today is this. It's simple. Christian maturity is a supernatural gift, and we are each always in process until we're just like Jesus. And the reason I call this sermon a world-rocking prayer is, is this simple. If, if a pastor or a missionary or an apostle, if your mom or dad, if your friend prays this prayer over your life and it comes to pass, it might not rock the whole world, but guess what it's going to do? It's going to rock your whole world. It's going to rock your entire world. Nothing will ever be the same if this prayer is answered. So let's jump in on this journey. And if it sounds like I'm saying, no matter what you're facing, the answer is Jesus, guess what I'm saying? The answer is Jesus. And if it sounds like I'm sort of telling you, like, like Sarah, if I'm preaching this whole time and it sounds like I'm saying, Sarah, grow up, guess what I'm saying? Sarah, grow up. Brad, if it sounds like I'm saying you're not yet where God wants you to be, guess what I'm saying? Sarah, grow up. Sarah. <laughs> this is proof Brett needs to grow up, right? <laughs> but the cool thing is, I'm not, I want you to see this main idea. I'm not just telling you to grit your teeth and become better. I'm telling you that God wants to bring you into this very intimate, powerful, dynamic relationship where he's pointing out how to grow up and he's given the power to do it. Most people love to point out where you're deficient, but they got no help for you. Yeah. I mean, come see me anytime. If you don't know where you stink, I'd love to tell you. Problem is, I can't always help you grow up. So I'm going to send you to the right office. Amen? Colossians chapter 1, beginning at verse number 9. And so from the day we heard, Paul's, what did they hear? They heard that the people in Colossae have taken the gospel. They received the gospel. They believed on Jesus. So since the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding 
so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. Fathers, we open your word, open our minds to understand. Open our minds so that Jesus might be the greatest, most noblest, most continuous thought upon our minds. Open our hearts that Christ is given full access and center stage in the throne room of our affections and that we don't love anything that he doesn't love and that we double love anything that Jesus loves. Oh, Lord Jesus, you're worthy. You're worthy of our greatest thoughts, our most thinking. You're, great, you're worthy of our greatest affections. God, call your people to yourself and help us grow up. In Jesus we pray, amen and amen. Now, I don't want to miss, there's so much here, and I don't want to burden you guys with too many words, and I don't want to miss the main thing. So let me say the main thing up front. I, I believe there's a simple outline here that will just bless your socks off, and it's this simple. This, this, this power-packed power -packed prayer, that's easy for you to say, this power-packed prayer contains a powerful request for a singular purpose, which will yield four incredible results. Let's look at this really quick. First thing first. Paul makes a powerful request. I want you guys to see this for yourself. If you got your copy of the scriptures, whether you're using your phone, paper Bible, your iPad, whatever you got, look at it. I want you, if you don't have it out, get it out right now. I'm not going to flash it on the screen. This is time for you to hold this. I want you to see it. Grab your Bible. Look at Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 9. All right, let me give you a couple things as you find out. I think it's amazing that Paul says, as soon as I heard y'all had faith, I've been praying for you. Okay, that means every time you hear about a new believer, you have, a, you have a ministry in their life. Isn't that cool? That's an example. That's not a command, but that's an example. But also, I think it's super cool that somebody is making praise reports. In America, we tend to think any, any, anybody that's doing something we're not doing, we disdain it or we get jealous. I love what this shows me about the breadth of the body of Christ. But none of that's what I really want you to see. There's only one request made in this whole prayer, and it's found in verse 9. You guys see it yet? Anybody see it? Asking, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of what? Of the will in what? All spiritual wisdom and understanding. It's only one request made. Five verses, depending on which translation you look at, it could be somewhere between 120 and 145 words. The more is paraphrased, the more words they use for this prayer. And he says, I just want one thing. I want you to be filled with, with all the knowledge of his will and spiritual wisdom and understanding. Now, this is a lot bigger than you realize. Okay. I'm getting ready to share some very tough thoughts. Is everybody, if you got your big boy britches on, say amen. If you got your big girl britches on, say amen. If you came in with no britches, we need to talk. All right. What Paul is asking 
is that God give them wisdom and spiritual insight so that they know God's will in every matter in their life all the time. Now, I don't want you to answer out loud, but when are you prone to ask God's will? A lot of us are prone to ask God's will when something is bothering us. A lot of us are prone to ask God's will when we have an idea of what that will we want it to be. You know, I have some, have some friends who for months kept asking me to pray that they would find some land and, and uh, they would text me or I'd see them and they'd say, hey, we found some. Would you pray that we get it? And I'd always say, no, I'd pray God's will be done. They told me just this morning. As a matter of fact, I wanted to use it for a sermon illustration, so I asked them, have y'all found some land? Yes, and it just perked last week. And no, we're not asking you to pray we get it. We're asking you to pray if it's God's will we get this land. I said, oh, we've learned something. It's pretty cool, right? That's how we usually are. Let's be honest. We, We say, Lord, I want it to be this way. And then we'll throw in that crutch statement, but not my will, but thine be done. And what we're saying is, this is what I think will make me happy, but let me go ahead and try to brace myself and put a couple of spiritual crutches down and say, if this doesn't work out the way that my limited knowledge thinks it should work out versus your unlimited knowledge, let me go ahead and try to start sucking it up like a big boy. Let me try to take it on the chin like a big girl. What if we prayed up front? Lord, I honestly would like, as far as I can see, I would like this to work out like this. But I'm totally trusting that I could have this thing completely wrong. And I don't want it my way if my way is wrong. I only want it your way. What if we started to pray like that? Honestly, that's exactly what Paul is praying. It's a very practical prayer. I've used this illustration so many times because I think about it so often. Whatever fills you controls you. Does anybody remember what the apostle wrote to the believers in Ephesus? Beloved, be ye not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled is that same word. Why? Because whatever fills you controls you. And I've used this illustration so many times. If I reached down here right now and pulled out a bottle of Jack Daniels, one, y'all would be shocked. It's not one. I'm checking, so I don't want to tell a lie by accident. And if I took the top off and threw it away and chugged it down, within a matter of moments, what, what do you guys think the first thing that would change? Who said speech? Guaranteed, because I'm barely holding it together now. I mumble, I talk out of my nose, I stumble over my words. When you get a little alcohol involved, I lose all my speech controls. In my mind, it sounds perfect. It comes out of my mouth. What do you think the next thing would go? Balance. You say balance. Is that you? You're exactly right. I mean, I literally, we were praying earlier today, and I almost felt fail standing, standing up praying. I'm barely holding that together, right? You know, anybody don't know what the next thing would go? You want to take a wild guess? Huh? Oh, man, my morals are gone, buddy. Like, I'll tell you all this very sad thing, and it's okay to laugh because it's in the history books. I was one of them guys who 
I wouldn't do a lot of things sober, but I'd get drunk and I'd do a lot of things that I would never do if I wasn't drunk. And that was some of my worst times of using illegal drugs was when I was drinking. Why? Because my judgment was gone. My inhibitions were gone. Whatever fills you, what? Controls you. Now, this is more radical than y'all's faces are taking on. Paul is praying for these people. I pray that you are filled with the knowledge of the will of God in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Do you know what Paul is praying? I'm praying that what God wants for you and from you is so revealed to you that you are constantly wrestling with what you want versus what God wants, finding the need to surrender to God and asking for his divine help to do his plan instead of yours. power pack prayer whatever fills you controls you and Paul is praying this I want the will of God to absolutely fill you on the one hand this is a very challenging standard but on the other hand it's in a very exciting life now my wife's in the room I would say this if she wasn't in the room but if you don't know my wife She's a real servant. You know, she's been working this job for a while. And, and Joanne, you probably could testify. You've been working with her for a while. I would not do well at her job. Every night, it's like they, she's supposed to be at one location. And they'll text back and forth. And she'll they'll say, no, go here instead. And she's like, okay. I'm telling you, God's not sure she never gets frustrated about it. And then they'll change her mind, go here, okay. Oh, instead of doing either one of those things, we would like you to be the music teacher. Okay, that was a bad idea if you know her. <laughs> but she's like, okay. Today, she's sitting in the house, some friends texted and says, hey, will you go pick up some things at the store from us? I, I, I remember where I could pull out my phone because I was in the text conversation, but she basically said, and she did it. I called her later on and said, well, you know, I'm at Dollar General. I want her to go somewhere. I want her to go. So I didn't say okay. But then I said, hey, would you go this other eight miles out of your way and do this thing for me? Anybody want to guess what she said? Okay. Actually, I think she said, sure. Now, my wife isn't perfect, but I'm telling you, she's a servant. And that's the way she is. Most of us, though, God could try to move us a second off the timing of our plans. God could, God could just change the date of our vacation, and we'll lose our cotton-picking mind. Y'all know I'm right. Daniel knows I'm right. <laughs> Tell him, Daniel. Amen. Don't you think that we wrestle a lot with God and fight with God a lot? Oh, oh no, you guys don't, right? Just me. All y'all are with care. You're going, okay. Now... Care's not always that way. You know, she, she didn't struggle at all with me being called into the ministry, losing my great-paying job, needing to go to school that was going to cost money we already didn't have. She was like, okay, okay, okay. But when she started thinking about following God, it might mean she would move more than a couple miles away from her mom and daddy. It was no longer, okay, it was, okay. I mean, literally, she, she was still saying okay, but it was a whole different okay. 
And for whatever reason, God has kept us here. And I'm the one going, okay. Can y'all see where I'm coming from? What if this prayer came true? What if, what if, Kenley, think about it. What if you were filled with the knowledge of God's will for you and every moment you were being confronted with what you wanted to do versus what God wanted to do? Could you see how a battle would ensue? Y'all know how much I've prayed this prayer for y'all? Some of the battles y'all have faced with doing your will versus God's will has been the answer to my prayer. <clears throat> Anybody ever said something on Facebook you knew was against God's will? Huh? Anybody ever done that? Oh, yeah. You know you have. Think about it in these stark of terms. And I want to build my case because it gets only better from here. It's tough right here, but it gets better. God has a plan or desire for your life. Let's call it desire. God has a desire for your life, Carson. You have a desire for your life. Do you think your desires always line up with God's desires? They don't. And so when we pray or when Paul prayed for the Colossians, when your elders pray for you that you would be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, we are praying that God reveal his will to you and that you joyfully let his will take precedence over yours. Now, I, I don't know what it's owing to, but look at all the young people in the room tonight. You guys ever gotten into a situation, hanging out with some friends, dating someone, that absolutely you didn't even consult God with because you knew the answer right off the bat? Let me go ahead and answer. Yes, you have. And suddenly you're hanging out with fools, acting the fool, or you're getting involved in a relationship that takes you places you never saw coming. Grown-ups, any of y'all ever gotten that exact thing you've been asking for? The new house, the new car, the whatever and it was more than you ever bargained for. Anybody ever done that besides me? Whew. Anybody in here ever pressed past some evidence early on that you should stop what you was doing and go the other way? I have. What it boils down to is Paul is praying that we would live in these perpetual wrestling matches where we become like Jacob wrestling with God in the nighttime and say, you win, but I'm not letting go until you bless me. Y'all don't know how good this is. Tonight, uh, right before anybody got here, me and Hank was having our weekly fight. It's our routine. It's the way we love on each other. Hank has way more endurance than I have. I have way more weight than he does. So he hadn't finished fighting, but I had. And so we sat down on the floor, and I held him down. Hank, could you get away from me? Tell the truth. Could you get away from me? Mm-mm. And I wouldn't let him go till he gave me his word that he would stop fighting inside today, just today. But he gave me his word. He gave me his word, and I nervously let him up. And he didn't fight anymore. He's a man of his word. Praise God. Amen, right? 
I wonder how many of us are just going on and on with all our little plans. And God loves us so much that he'll pin you down, show you his will, and say, listen, let's stop this craziness and go my way a while. Paul's praying that people come to that sort of wrestling moment. Secondly, secondly and quickly, oh, my Jesus, my Jesus, my Jesus. Where does the time go when you're talking about your favorite subject? Secondly, Paul's prayer is for a singular purpose. Don't miss this purpose. Grab your Bibles again. Look at verse 10. So I'm praying, he said, I'm praying that you Colossians would be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you'll walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. Woo! Can anybody say, I know I've been fully pleasing to the Lord today? Right? Isn't that a challenge? I've been fully pleasing to the Lord today. Whoo! You know, I, I've always loved that. I don't know where I first read it, but I've made it my own a bunch of times. You know, you wake up, get your day going, and you slow down and you start talking to God. Well, God, so far today has been great. Haven't yelled at anyone, haven't said anything ugly, haven't thought in many bad thoughts. But Lord, it's only been 15 seconds, and now I'm getting ready to get out of bed. And I'm going to need all the help I can get. I usually don't have to be up any longer than it takes to get my brain cranking to start sinning. Anybody that ever says me? Paul's saying, I want you to be filled with the knowledge of the will of the, of the Lord in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you'll live a life that's worthy of the Lord, pleasing to him in everything you do. Isn't that awesome? Well, I see the time has just flown by. Let me see if I can illustrate this rather than saying all this stuff in my notes. I've told this story so many times. Let me tell it real quick. I was going to Northern. Anybody go to Northern? Let's see who my Northern people are. All right, rest of y'all, I'm praying for you. Um, went to Northern. And you know how the hallways are if you went to Northern. Uh, they got those weird intersections. Well, I got in a fight with a boy. Somehow in the process of the fight, knocked the water fountain, slap off the wall, broke the little pipe, water squirting out in the hallway. They take him to the office, and, you know, usually you get ISS, a paddling, or a suspension. Well, they decided they would paddle me, suspend me, and when I got back, I'd have ISS. You can't make this stuff up. They tried to call my mama, you know, she's a real blue-collar worker, my dad's a real blue-collar. They weren't in places where, you know, you get them on the phone. So they, they, they next they got my grandma, who lived right over the edge of Alton. Um, Mary, you know, where you live, go right, always into that road, and you're in Virginia, right? Take a right, my grandma lived right there, okay? Here comes my granddaddy into the office over at Northern Junior High School. He looks at me, he walks back, he talks to Mr. Gray, he comes out, he looks at me again, does this. I just meant getting the truck. I got in the truck. He hadn't said a word, didn't say a word. Drove all the way, went back out on 501, down 501, got on the Woodsdale Road, drove all the way to the end of Woodsdale Road, stopped the stop sign, put the truck in park, cut it off, opened the door, he chewed tobacco, he spit, sounded like he poured a five-gallon bucket of water out on concrete. 
He turns to me, and this is all he says. He says, seems like to me, you don't care nothing about your name, but I had it a lot longer than you have. Turned in his seat, cranked the truck, put it in drive, drove down the road. As soon as I got out, I didn't know. I knew something major had happened. You know, I was in seventh grade. I wasn't that bright. But this is how I knew it was really major. Grandma comes out. She's going to start beating me with an ELM switch. How do you say that word? But she say LM. <laughs> She's going to beat me. And Granddaddy starts defending. I, I don't took care of this. She says, no, I don't took care of it. Later on that day, my dad comes to pick me up. He's mad and a you know, wasp. And he's going to beat me. And my granddad says, I don't took care of this. I still couldn't get how big what he said to me was. Fast forward some years later, I kept getting in trouble in the Army. I had to appear before my colonel. He's adjudicating me. And this is what he's, he's sitting there flipping through papers. He says, Bose, it looks like every time you get into trouble, it's you're out of uniform. Whenever you're in uniform, you seem to just be great. He says, here's what we're going to do. You have to wear your uniform night and day for the next 30 days. You get no time off. You got to work 24-7 to keep your uniform on. He said, I want you to take a shower and sleep in it. See if we can keep you out of trouble. I'm walking back to the barracks, and I realize what my granddaddy was saying. See, you're walking around bearing this name, and if I don't care anything about my name, he also bears that name. And if I don't care anything about it for my sake, he cares about it. And he was trying to lay the weight of that on me. That's exactly what this verse is about. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. You know, worship is about realizing how much something weighs, how heavy it is, how much it's worth. I finally got the message. I get it. And now, now you get closed with Christ but you get clothed from the inside. And what he wants us to do is say, you bear the name of Jesus. So what's God want to do? God wants to reveal his will to you, cause you to wrestle, to submit, and say, God, truly, not my will, but thine be done. And out of this submission to his way over our way, we walk in a manner that's worthy of being called a little Jesus, a little Christ, a Christian, and to please him in everything that we do. And this isn't some sort of legalistic bombardment against what you want to do. God is saying to us, you don't even know what's good for you. So what I want to do is reveal it to you and walk with you and give you the strength and power to do it. One big prayer request for a singular purpose. We walk in a manner worthy and please him. And it would yield four incredible results. If you're taking notes, you're really nervous at this point. You said, Tim, you said three things. Now you said four things. It's taking you this long to say two things. So three minus two equals one plus four. Uh-oh. Hold on to your britches. God's answering Paul's prayer will yield four incredible results. And they're right here in the scriptures. Look at them for yourself. Look at the latter part of verse 10. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit. First off, we will have a life that bears fruit for God's glory. And for our good. God's glory and for our good. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's funny. We, we have this conference room at My Life Matters. And I, I don't know. I, I sometimes think my coworkers do it just to get on my nerves. But the light's always on. Uh, somebody turns it on. I walk down the hallway. I turn it off. Somebody turns it on, I turn it off. I have this phrase I'm always saying. It's like playing cards with my brother's kids. 
right? And some days, man, I, I want to, and one day I'm going to do it, Brad. I'm going to just take the light switch off the wall. You know what I'm saying? Pull the breaker out of the box or something and just, I'm, I'm going to lose my mind, right? And uh, somebody would say, it's not a big deal, right? And on one level, it's not. Except on another level, okay, I sit across the net and those stupid lights hum all day long. And that's enough to make an ex-alcoholic want to start by drinking. But secondly, I look at the light bill every month when it comes. I'm like, cut off all the, cut off everything. Cut off everything. Don't even go to the bathroom next month. Use your light on your phone for everything. As a matter of fact, stay home. And so on the one hand, right, it, it seems inconsequential. And a lot of stuff feels like that to God, but from God to us, but God is looking at a picture bigger than that. And I know my, my coworkers, I mean, Michaela, do you ever look at the light bill? How many times have you ever looked at the light bill? Be honest. Jake, you've been with us a few months. How many times have you ever looked at the light bill? Now, I set this up on Brad, how many times have you looked at it? When? After camp, when they run the air conditioners 24 7, 360, well, 24 7 for a few weeks, not 365. 24 7 for about, what, 30 days? Brett goes and looks at it because I say to him, hey, y'all incurred all this expense. Come look at this light bill. <laughs> Silly illustration, but it won't leave your mind. How many, of you, how many of you parents have ever told your kids in or out? How many has ever heard y'all, you ever, you ever heard your grandparent or somebody say, I ain't trying to heat up the whole world. That's right, because out of their perspective, they're looking at the bigger picture. Can you see the illustration? Do you know how big of a picture your God is looking at when it comes to your life? And how much are we kicking and screaming and fighting with him over things that seem inconsequential to us, but because he's looking at the big picture, he says, man, I sure do love you. And I want to be close to you, and I want to lead you and guide you. I want to have this abiding fellowship where what happens is it, it's not just for my glory. And make no mistakes, God's zealous for his glory, but it's also for your good. I doubt cutting that light off in the conference room is going to make sure you get your paycheck, Brett. Right? But over the long haul, I bet you'll pay for one. You've been, you've been in the ministry now, what, 15 years? Think about Think about what I'm saying. Over the long haul, it's at least a box of donuts. And we like donuts. Answering God's, answering Paul's prayer with your four incredible results. Secondly, we will have a life that grows in the knowledge of God himself. Now, we've talked about God's will, but this is getting to know God. I mean, this is getting to know God. And see, that's really the greatest treasure. And I'd love to say so much more right there, but let me, let me press on and get out of here. Three, we will have a life that endures in hard times. Now, this is the one I'd like to camp out on, but I'm not. Look at verse 11. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with what, church? Joy. Look at your Bibles. Look at it yourself. When we're filled with the knowledge of God's will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so, so, so to walk in a manner worthy with him, we bear fruit for his glory, we get to know God himself, and we learn how to endure hard times radically different than the people around us. Super quick illustration. I said something crazy on Facebook. And if you follow me, I'm always saying something crazy on Facebook. 
I, my sense of humor just usually doesn't go to sleep. It was about a two-year period. I lost it one time. People close to me remember that. Well, the other day when crazy people was breaking into the Capitol building, I said something on Facebook. Had nothing to do with the Capitol building. This had something to do with my waxy out sense of humor. Somebody messaged me in all caps. Now, if you don't know what that means, that means they were yelling at me. <laughs> or yelling at me. This right here seems funny. I'm going to yell at Tim. This seems even funnier. I'm so angry at what Tim said. And they used a word I love to use. They asked me, how can you be so flippant at a time like this? I apologize that I had offended them, but I said, I just have a joy that's not rooted in either the preservation or the destruction of my nation. Now, I'm an old soldier. If you think I want to see America go down the hill, you're sadly mistaken. But did you know that every nation's going to report to God? So I'm part of a kingdom that's not shaken. And he kept on and on, and he, he kept. You know, I don't know if he's on his phone or keyboard or what, but he was in all caps for a while. I finally said, Frio, partner. And he says, how can you be this way? So took out my little iPhone, and I made a video and sent it to him. Would y'all like a live version of this video? Somebody say yes, please. This is the entire contents. You ready? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Now that I think about it, the wink and the kiss probably was flippant. <laughs> but I tell y'all, from the, from the bottom of my heart, I wasn't being flippant. Hey, guys, Job in the midst of the roughest, remember we went through Job in, some, in the roughest part of his life, he says, though he slay me, yet will I praise him. Okay, I'm not, I'm not denying that things are bad. I just won't forget that God is good. See, when you feel with the knowledge of the will of God with all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you're walking in a manner worthy of him, pleasing him in everything you do, one of the byproducts would be that you will endure hard times with joy. You see that? Some of us can't even go through the deck gum Burger King with joy. And you know what that tells a pastor when people can't endure the slightest hardship with joy? You know what it tells me? That you being, you being filled with something else and controlled with something else. I don't judge a soul, I just get to praying. And lastly, we will have a life that gives thanks continuously. I mean, that's what verse 12 says, and I'm going to quit. I know I've gone a long time. This has been precious to my life. I sat down, and um, not everybody. Like, uh, I'm, Kenley, I'm glad you're here. I can pick on you. You know, we've been friends a long time, right? Like, Kenley, you weren't on my list. Right, but tonight you're going to wind up on my list. 
Right? I went down our directory and everybody in the directory and everybody that's a regular East Rock. Like, Taylor, you're going to love me when I talk about you. Taylor, you recently, this week, I remembered to put you on the list because you've been enjoying time with us so many weeks now. I put you on the list. And I went down our directory and our handwritten people, and I prayed, I prayed this prayer for every single soul in this church. Hey, Hayden, I prayed this prayer for you. She's hiding. Let me think about it. Bill, I prayed this prayer for you, man. That you'd be filled with the knowledge of God's will, with all spiritual wisdom and understanding. That you'd live a life worthy of that name, pleasing him in all that you do. And that so many things wouldn't shake you like shaking other folks. And if you know Bill, God's been answering that part of my prayer. Bill's not shaking by all this foolishness. Prayerful, right, Bill? Not shaking. Ray, I pray this for you, brother. Think about that, man. What if it's gonna make you wrestle when God shows you some stuff that's different in your will? Fruitified, amen. So I'm not even gonna get to verse 13 and 14, but you know where this sort of prayer comes from? It comes from a delivered life. So I have two invitations tonight. If you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, all right, if you're a Christian, submission and joyful thanks ought to be the pattern you live in, all right? Don't fight God in everything. And I'm not being, man, I have this big voice, Carson, I feel like sometimes y'all looking at me like, man, he mad. I'm not. I'm excited. Submission and joyful thanks. Sometimes we have this idea of submission, joyful things like those silly movies in the 80s. Like I remember, I can't remember the name of it. It was one where a guy was trying to get in a fraternity. And every time the guy would whack him in the behind with the wooden paddle, he would have to yell, thank you, sir, may I have another? And I was young, and I saw that movie, and I said, I ain't ever going to college. Because <laughs> I've been getting that from Mr. Gray over at Northern, and I ain't never said give me another one. I like, stop, don't do it. <laughs> something wrong with these people. That's the way it feels to us, that if I give in, God's going to do something that I won't like. Well, here's the thing. You don't even know what's good for you. Submission with joyful thanks. That's my challenge to you believers. But maybe you're out of the covenant relationship with God. What's that mean? That means he says to everybody, every soul in the face of this planet, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the lie. He's the answer for everything. He's the answer for eternity. He's the answer for what life's about. He's the answer for judgment. He's the answer for the afterlife. He's the answer for strength to change today. He's the answer for purpose. How do you get in relationship with God? The Bible says you believe on the name of Jesus. That means you believe everything he did was for you. He died on a cruel cross to pay for your sin. He defeated our enemy death. You believe that in your heart, and you confess it with your mouth. And the Bible says you'll be adopted into the family. And then I'll be praying that you be filled with the knowledge of the will of God and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you'll walk worthy of that name and please him in everything you do. And it will yield fruit for, your, for God's glory and your good. That you'll grow to know him. 
And you'll be able to endure hard times with joy. And you'll live a life of sincere thankfulness because you've been delivered out of the domain of darkness and placed in the kingdom of his beloved son. Father, I probably say too much. So where I err in my human frailty, I pray, Holy Spirit, you work in your perfection. Speak to our hearts to encourage us. So many beautiful people are shaken these days about power struggle in our country, COVID sickness going around, so much uncertainty, so much frustration. And you want us to be people who endure it with patience and joy. But we can't get that by gritting our teeth. Holy Spirit, rain down and minister to your people. In Jesus we pray, amen.